What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you real quick on this Monday evening as I'm trying to wrap up my workday. And I'm going through just, uh, we'll tell this kind of random Q&As. Uh, we took this from uh, a post on Instagram and the Facebook stories where we asked you guys, you know, what do you want to you know, hear more about on the podcast? And a lot of the responses were, uh, we could only answer via video format. Uh, and these are the auditory ones that you guys kind of, I put together probably the top, you know, 10 that I could answer in individual ones. And some of you guys asked some very detailed things, which I will make their own podcast here. So if you guys did shoot out a request and you asked for something, but you're not hearing it today, um, it's because it's too big of a topic. And thank you for that. Um, but it's something we will dedicate to a completely different podcast altogether. Like some of you guys asked things like, you know, uh, touch on, you know, delayed gratification, uh, overcoming addiction, you know, body type workouts, things like that, that are more specific that would take me, you know, over 10 to 20 minutes typically to explain and roll through. Um, but these are the quick, easy ones that I can just kind of rip off. And then I'll share with you guys a little takeaway message today about, uh, living life backwards off a conversation I had with, uh, one of our athletes, uh, in our 47 day transformation earlier. So with that said, random Q and A's for you guys. And so question one, Came in from Instagram. Um, how do I drink my coffee? Uh, pretty basic. Uh, for the most part, you guys, I do cold brew. Um, real simple. Uh, just cold brew on ice is it. If I want to get real fancy, what I do typically is uh, like a quad shot. So four shots of espresso and then uh, a splash of almond milk. So like kind of like your you know quad shot almond milk latte, if you will. Typically, I go heavy on the espresso and light on the almond milk. And then obviously for my cold brew, typically just straight up. If I do, I use like, I'm trying to think like, the, is it a Khalifa Farms or like Khalifa? Forms. It's a kind of the fancy shape bottle. It's like a toasted almond coconut milk. Um, just a splash, but just to give it a little bit of texture. But other than that, um, it's just straight like iced coffee, straight cold brew. Um, once in a while, I'll do hot coffee, but for the most part, it's just the, the plain, simple, basic stuff. I try to go to the local coffee places. Just my two cents. I'd like to support local if I can. But in all reality, the only place that is open as early as I go to work is Starbucks, for that matter. So that happens to be kind of the default because. The local mom and pop shops are not awake, you know, before 5 a.m. And I'm typically, you know, heading to work well before 5 in the morning. So that's how I go the coffee route. Number two, um, my favorite condiments. And for you guys, again, it, it depends on, you know, your macros and how macro friendly you're trying to be. But the things I see that typically be the best to add to things, I think all the salsas are amazing. So if you guys are a salsa person, um, whether it's straight up or pico or whatever you're into, depending on how spicy you can get with it. Um, I'm a lightweight in terms of that. I cannot eat spicy foods. It just does not agree with me. Um, I can't handle it. So I don't do a ton of it. So I do the very plain basic salsas if I put them on things. But for me, honestly, in our house, uh, mustard is probably the number one. If I do use um, ketchup, it's very minimal. Um, I do love it, uh, but I just don't put it on as much stuff as I used to anymore. But I will say mustard is probably one. We do have ketchup around. If we're going to go like ranch dressing, I grew up in the Midwest, um, but you can't do the, the real stuff. It's, it's just too calorie dense. It doesn't fit my day. But there's a company called Bolt House, and Bolt House makes a legit ranch dressing. If you guys throw that on things, if you're a barbecue person, um, Walden Farms is a pretty good you know, it's like a barbecue sauce, if you will. It tastes very comparable and similar. When we make our um, barbecue chicken pizza from our uh, cookbook, we use the Walden Farms. And so it, it has enough flavor, enough kick to it. So that's probably my top easy ones. Again, for you guys, if you're looking at home, adding things like, you know, small amounts of guacamole, I think are great uh, to throw on stuff as well. Those are probably the easy ones that probably give you the most bang for your buck. Again, I don't have a problem with anything as long as it fits your day, but I just know some people 
like in the bolt house ranch is great for that and bolt house makes a bunch of different uh styles and flavors it doesn't just have to be the ranch based they go across the board uh like cilantro avocado they have salsa flavor they have a ton of stuff and it is very minimal calorie wise to me bolt house is comparable to like what halo top is to ben and jerry's it still gives you the fix and it's pretty good it might not be as good as the real thing but overall in terms of sugar and macros and calories and fats it's it's a complete game changer and it still allows you to, to enjoy your favorite foods because a lot of times people are struggling to you know if it's fat loss or they're trying to you know just lose weight in general it's because they're at a slight surplus and even sometimes doing things where there's you know a two or three hundred calorie surplus every day is the reason why they're not dropping body fat or why the scale is not moving the way they want to and i'll touch on the scale importance later but you have to track everything if you're down to the nitty gritty and you guys are doing the right thing. So sometimes just swapping out one or two dressings or one or two condiments or, or exchanging one or two oils or at least being more mindful of the serving sizes can go a long way for you guys. Next one, my favorite steady state cardio. Um, I don't really know if I have like a favorite. I don't really enjoy just doing long bouts of boring ass cardio unless we do it in a metric. So on Sunday, we went through our advanced Metcon uh, training here with our crazy people at Jimmy Scott Fitness and the buy-in for the workout. So we do these Metcons, uh, you know, the, the gross stuff that, you know, some of the clips we post, but like the real horrible stuff that I don't want to do on my own. The buy-in to start the workout was either row a 5K or ski a 5K. Once that was done, then you started the actual workout. So um, I went with the ski just because it was open. So for me, I guess my favorite steady state stuff is probably the three, you know, only three machines that we have. Um, we have a Concept2 rower, Concept2 skier, and then we have the assault bike. And so if I'm being honest, the ones I do the most, I probably do the bike the most in terms of steady state just for the fact that I can bike and text people email people and return DMs while I'm on the bike. But if I'm really trying to do some focus work, ski and a rower up there. But I also will take the sled sometimes and just for 10 or 15 straight minutes, just push the sled. And just like a, a very basic workman-like pace, I'll, we have a, the rogue sleds. They're 96 pounds. I'll load up with maybe just the sled itself or I'll throw a plate on there, so about 150 pounds. And I'll just push the sled back and forth. Or sometimes I go push-pull, um, but at a very steady state pace. I'm not going to intervals. I'm not stopping. I'm not starting. I'm just going nonstop. And then my other one, um, step-ups, I do a lot of just very basic step-up, step-down. trying to focus on the eccentric, so really pushing through the plant foot that's on the box and then slowly lowering myself down maybe exchanging every minute each leg so like you know one minute my right leg one minute my left leg just playing back and forth i've done that as long as an hour before um more often than not i do sets of probably 10 15 20 minutes maybe 30 and then if i want to go crazy and i hate myself that day i'll do an hour and then on the same note i'll do the same thing with walking lunges i'm a huge fan of walking lunges for minutes so set the clock for three five ten minutes 15 minutes 20 minutes and again I have lunged for an hour straight before, which for me is just over about a mile, like 1.1 miles, give or take. Um, and again, I have to really be in the mood for something that drastic. But for the most part, when I'm doing steady state cardio stuff, I don't typically go over about 20 minutes. That's kind of about my mental max, unless I pop like a movie on or a TV show I want to see. And I just hop on the ski in the row and kind of just mindlessly go through it. But that's very few and far between. I like to keep my work focused if I can. Um, so again, those are probably my big ones uh, in terms of steady state stuff. Again, I have no problem either 
you know, with you guys who are treadmill people, like doing a big boy walk on the treadmill, saying the treadmill to a 15 incline and putting it anywhere from probably like a 2.5 speed to like a 3.2 speed and never putting your hands on it and just walking. Um, that you'll be dripping. Uh, within 10 minutes, you're, you're completely soaked, you're dripping. And uh, having a podcast like this or like a, a movie or a TV show to watch um, does help the time go by as, uh, as it gets pretty miserable pretty fast. Next on my list, where do I get my T-bone steaks from? I post on the internet. Um, there's a few places. There's one place here in particular uh, in Scottsdale. There's one Bashes. It's like a just a grocery store chain. But there's most places don't have them. But there's this one Bashes in Scottsdale that has the most amazing porterhouses and T-bones because they have their own butcher shop uh, in there. And they are amazing. They're, they're rather cheap too for the most part. Obviously, sometimes places like Whole Foods and sprouts and stuff will get different cuts uh, of meat that are quality it's just really hard to find i'm very picky uh, i'm like a t-bone snob if you will depending on if it's a porterhouse uh you know t-bone cuts thick thin um i like them a certain way so that's typically what i go through so for you guys if you're if you're lucky enough to be in a place that has like a local butcher shop i know we have like midwestern meats out here in a couple other places shop around and look um just because if you find a couple of the cuts that you like uh, complete game changers for sure but again i'll go the butcher route for sure or if you have a grocery store that has like their own dedicated butcher shop that's inside there and it's not just all the you know the typically prepackaged bullshit stuff i think you guys will be okay next one top veggies that i eat daily uh, lately uh, brussels sprouts have probably been hands on number one cut them in half put them in a pan coconut oil salt pepper the hell out of them and uh good to go i'm pretty basic in terms of that uh the next biggest one i do a ton of cauliflower rice as well just because it's easy you know again salt pepper it maybe put a little dash of butter in there mix it up and it's money from there broccoli and asparagus is probably the next one and then anything else from there it's all probably the same if it's carrots or whatever it may be but the big ones for me brussels sprouts are number one for sure cauliflower cauliflower rice is number two Broccoli B3, and then asparagus would be my number four. I do like a lot of veggies. I'm busy just like you guys don't. I don't make a ton of time for it. So obviously, it's why, you know, I'll pack in uh, as much as I can in the one to two meals, and I try to stick with the ones that I enjoy the most uh, typically. And then, like that, we'll throw spinach in a couple of things too as well. I'm just very picky with texture. So for me, um, the texture of it has to be, uh, you know, on point. Next one, how do I break my fast? Again, you guys know I'm from the School of Intermittent Fasting. Um, I typically eat most of my meals, like I've said before, between typically 3 o'clock and 9 o'clock at night, usually between 3 and 8. Sometimes I'll stretch it from 3 to 10 if my night goes crazy. But for the most part, probably 3 to 8 is where I eat a majority of my food. And I typically break my fast. The first thing I have before um, the, the real first calories I have come in are athletic greens. Um, usually how my day goes like this, you guys. I'll wake up, I go to work, coffee, water, um, you know, maybe Powerade Zero or something, uh, you know, some BCAAs if I need to uh, during the workout, you know, pre-intra or even just post. But the first real thing I put in is when I get home, um, I put athletic greens in water and I just stir it up real quick and I slam it. And then uh, I, as I'm cooking my meal and prepping my food, the first meal I eat, athletic greens is the first thing. And then obviously when I break my fast, it's kind of the, it's my post-workout meal. So for me, I wake up at, you know, 3.50 in the morning, um, it works for me. I'm not saying I'm not saying for you guys, holy shit, you wake up so early, you don't eat for so long. It, it works for me and my body type and, and how I process food and how I have energy and, and how my I have mental clarity. And, you know, from everything from how I go to the bathroom to when I wake up to when I sleep, it, it's a seamless transition for me and I've found a synergy there. So 
I wake up at 3.50 and I typically go through my whole day. I train on nothing. I feel better that way. I'm just super hydrated. And then the first, the way I break my fast is with athletic greens and then my very first meal within probably 10 minutes after having my athletic greens as I'm prepping my food. So hopefully that gives you guys some insight to that. Next one, where do I get my inspiration from? Um, I, I had a, a meeting the other day with one of our athletes and uh, he asked me the same exact question. And I guess I've talked about this before, like, you know, where I get my motivation from or where I am inspired from. And in all reality, you guys, I feel at this point in my life, I know who I am. I know what gifts I have. I know, you know, what I've overcome. I know, you know, what naturally comes easy to me and harder to other people. And I guess I just feel guilty at this point. Like I have an obligation to do this and I really do. I don't do it solely out of guilt. But I do feel like I've been given a certain gift that other people have not been given. And I don't mean like the way I look and all this shit like that. I mean, I've never, nothing's really ever come easy to me, like in my entire life. Um, Some people just have the natural gifts and things come easy to them. Um, I was never that person, you know, from, you know, eventually get, end up getting good grades in college. I had to die to do it. I mean, I had to kill myself. I had to study and study and memorize and cheat and study and cheat some more and do everything I had possible to, to get there. And, you know, same thing with sports. Like I, I had to really practice. I had to really like hone on the skills and, you know, I had to train, you know, aerobically strength train and I had to practice. I mean, from dribbling to shooting to hitting to footwork to all of it and watching video and watching athletes and emulate it for hours and hours and hours, you know, endless sickening practice for all these things. Same thing with me in writing. Um, and I still can't spell for shit and my punctuation's awful, but I can put words together that make sense to people that they can read it and understand it. And same thing with public speaking, same thing with podcasting, all of it. I've had to work on the craft. And so the reason I'm sharing that is because since nothing's ever came good to me, I knew anything I jumped into, I was going to have to put in a ridiculous amount of work up front to see the payoff, maybe never, but see the payoff a year later, two years later, three years later, five years later. So I have a gift of being patient with a sense of urgency and be able to delay gratification and, and delay the payoff for months or more often than not, even years. And so because I have the gift of sucking at stuff super bad and being able to delay the gratification for a long period of time, I know other people struggle with that, especially in eating right and fitness and seeing change in your body and your habits and your routines. And so because it became easy to me, I have a gift of being able to give it to other people and help them understand and I have empathy for people, even though it's not something that I struggle with. So for me, what keeps me inspired and going is that I knowing I have this gift that I can do something and I can lead from the front. I can show people, hey, it can be done. Hey, I sucked at this too. The only difference between me and you is that I was patient enough to stick it out when it, when I became tired, when I became miserable, when I wasn't seeing results fast enough, when the progress wasn't as quick as I wanted it to be. I was just stubborn enough and stupid enough to just keep going and push through the hard shit to come out on the other end. So if I can do it, you guys can do it too. And I feel like if I didn't do this for a living, if I didn't do the podcast, if I didn't write the things I write, if I didn't make the videos, if we didn't put out the books, if I didn't take on the coaching people, I feel like I'd be robbing the world of a gift um, of whether it be inspiration or motivation or just someone to lean on and talk to and say something in a way that they can take it and change their life with. And so that's you know what inspires me. is And, and then selfishly, obviously, 
this is, you know, by doing this as a career, it's created a life for me, you know, with friends and family and money and travel and shit that I never would have probably been able to do um, if I did something else. And so selfishly, I get just as much out of it as you guys do for me. But that's what keeps me going is I feel like it's my calling and my gift. And if I was to not do this, um, it would be a waste and it would be, you know, a big fuck you to whether you believe in God or source energy or the universe or whatever, I would be saying, you know, fuck you. I'm going to waste this gift on myself and be selfish when I, I don't think that's the thing I should do with it. So, um, hopefully that makes sense. Uh, my rant about why I'm inspired and why I'm motivated to do this every single day. Next one. How did I perform in my twenties? I'm assuming you mean in terms of fitness, um, and eating, you know, just like you guys, I went through the phases, um, I ate like shit. Um, at first and, and fucked everything up and got unhe- unhealthy and, and became sick and stupid and had to, you know, reverse engineer everything and start from zero and start eating better, you know, up front. And in terms of training, you know, I grew up, you know, as an athlete. So we, we mixed in some of the athletic stuff. But when I really lifted up front, I did a lot of the bodybuilding stuff, I just I loved, you know, I grew up on Arnold and uh, and Lou. And when I got a little bit older, you know, Jay and Ronnie, and we, we I read muscle and fitness religiously, I watched Jay Cutler on YouTube forever. Um, you know, and I've got to, you know, I got to meet Jay and Dexter and Ronnie and these dudes. And uh, I, I just always love bodybuilding, not, you know, the drugs that go into it and, and some of the other weird shit that they do. But I always admired the dedication that they had to their craft of it and what they did with it and how much effort they put into something to, you know, be the best in their field at it. And regardless of what you think about how they look or or the drugs that people use or whatever, you have to respect the work that they put in because they dedicate their life to it. And so I kind of what I did. I just I really hunkered down on learning, you know you know, movements that, you know, made your body look a certain way, how you could become stronger, how you could build muscle, how you could feel better, how you could become more athletic. And that's kind of what I did. So um, I definitely have refined it over the years. Every year, I try to add something new. And I try to be, you know, not do more, but uh, I try to be smarter. So I try to actually get more done with less. Uh, and I think that's what we all should strive to do. And in doing it, you know, not, you know, in my 20s, I wanted to be, you know, we all want to be everything in our 20s, right? I wanted to be big and strong and lean and ripped and jacked at the same time. And I wanted it within two seconds. But I figured out after about three months, it wasn't going to fucking happen. So I just kind of bit the bullet and said, you know what? You're genetically built this way. Your body's going to look like this. You can do a mix of the things you like to do and then just play to your strengths the rest of the way. And once you find out, you know, like what you like to do and what your body responds well to, sky's the limit for you guys. I don't care if you're 44, 57 or you're 22, you just, you know, play to your natural strengths and work on your weak points to make them, you know, at least competent. But the rest of it just, you know, kind of work with your body. If you got a big ass, you know, work with it, dude. It's a gift. If you got hamstrings, awesome. You're probably fast and you're probably strong. You know, if you got, you know, little chicken ankles or like little seventh grade girl wrists like I do, you just kind of, you know, you do the best you can and you understand you. I was never going to be a, a huge power lifter. You know, I'm too long and I'm too lean, but I just, I work the best with what I got. And I think that's my advice for you guys as well. Next one. Do I eat anything pre-workout? No answer before. I eat nothing pre-workout whatsoever. Just water, coffee, maybe some BCAAs. And obviously post-workout, I eat my first meal of the day. And uh, that kind of varies. But typically proteins, moderate fats, and I'll probably throw some carbohydrates in there just because it kind of depleted my body a little bit. And again, that just depends on the time of year, what I have going on and how hard I worked out and uh, what I'm looking like in the mirror. And honestly, how much, you know, fuel I need and energy I need for the rest of the day. Because a lot of times I think we get wrapped up in eating just for how we look. But more important, it's honestly, you know, how much fuel do I need to be able to talk and to to coach and to run and to write and to do the things I have to do to be a, a functioning human in the world. 
Next one, the last reps. How do you finish the last reps and push through that kind of pain barrier? So for you guys, and whether that means to failure or to close to failure when you're kind of redlining it, the question I always ask myself is with every workout that I read and see from, you know, friends of mine, or if I see, you know, BJ do something, or I see people in our space, we track a lot of our stuff, we have house records. So whether it be like on the row or the ski or the bike or, you know, certain Metcons we do or different, you know, feats of strength. When you guys are reaching that kind of failure point or the point where you're going to push it and you know, put it into fifth gear and really challenge yourself, the question you have to ask yourself is, you know, how sick do I want to be? And I know that sounds kind of crazy, um, but that's really what I ask myself is how sick am I willing to be right now? Um, you have to go kind of into your, you know, your pain cave, if you will, is what I call it. Or what I like to say is, you know, how deep into the water do you want to swim? And that's literally what we talk about when we, you know, I trade, you know, some of these texts and, and messages with um, you know, Jesse Buell will send me some, Ben Novak will send me a ton too. Just these awful, they do, they do a lot of stuff on the rower, right? So you guys have really rowed and like, if you really know how to row, like you understand the mechanics of it and you understand like, you know, what your, you know, 1K time is, 2K time, 5K time is when the pacing is so fast. I always say, man, like, you know, how deep of waters do you want to go? Cause I can go pretty fucking deep, dude. Like I'm almost willing to drown. And so are you going to swim out as deep with me? And, and do you want to hang out there with me? And that's, that's literally what you have to ask yourself. And, and sometimes the juice is worth the squeeze. Um, sometimes it is, it, it's, it's worth it to put into that fifth gear and make yourself sick, you know, to get a, a, a PR, to, to push the limits, to know where they're at. And if you guys have ever done anything, you know, like one minute on the assault bike or your, your 1k row time or your 2k, which I think is the, the worst of the worst, um, and you got off that thing and you stood up and you were talking to people, you have no idea, you know, how deep of waters you can really go to. Because like when I row, right, or when I do like a 2K row, um, my 2K row time, you guys, is 6 minutes and 30 seconds on the dot. I think it's 630.1. Um, at some point, I'm probably going to get under 630, um, but I'm going to have to die to do it. And I know that because the pacing of it is so quick on a 2K for me to get under 630. And again, even if it's you know, 628, 627, it's only two or three seconds. That's a world of difference. That's just that much deeper out into the waters you have to go. And why I haven't beat a lot of my PR stuff is because when I look at the board, I'm like, I don't want to be that sick today. And sometimes you guys will say this, sometimes it's worth it because you have to really push your limits to know where the fuck your limits are at. But on the same note, some of you guys do this and you do it recklessly. It can't be done every week. It can't even, a lot of these things can't even be done every month in my opinion, because what they steal from you in terms of not just that day, but the next day's workout, the next day's workout, it might take you a full week or two to recover from that. I know that sounds crazy. And I don't just mean physically in your body because the physical pain can go away with probably within an hour or two, depending on, on what you're doing. But the effects on your body and your central nervous system and how taxing it is for you, sometimes it isn't worth that. And so you have to ask yourself the question, you know, do I have it today? Do I feel good? And do I really want to give that good feeling away? And more often than not, I say no, um, because it's just an ego thing. But again, I do think there is a time and place where you have to push yourself and really see, you know, you know, do I have more left in the tank right now than I'm giving? And, and a lot of people that I see, um, they typically have a lot more left in the tank and they're capable of a lot more if they choose to tap into that. And again, it's not necessary. Um, it's just ego stuff and it's just us, you know, comparing to one another. And, and But again, if you do it from a place of you're comparing to yourself, your own personal PR and how fast you can go and what you can do and other people just help to kind of push you get to that point, I'm all for it. Uh, but again, it is... Uh, Anything you see, if you come into our, our space here at Jeremy Scott Fitness and you look up on the wall, 
and you see the record board and you're looking at names, I promise you everybody's name on that board, they had to be sick as shit to get up there. And they have to be even sicker to stay on there. And that's just kind of our own like little, you know, twisted advanced circle of people there. But again, totally not necessary. Um, you can be super fit, super healthy, super awesome without it. And I would almost argue, you know, the other way that a lot of the stuff you do in terms of really pushing your max limits is uh, sometimes much unhealthier than it is healthier if you're doing it um, too often. And the last one on the list, um, if the scale is not moving and you're losing motivation, what do you do? Um, I have a full podcast on the scale, you guys, um, in, in great detail. And if I had a list of things that I think is important to track your results and your progress in fat loss and weight loss and building muscle in life, the scale would probably be like number 197 of 200 things that I would think would be important to track. Just because the scale, again, only measures the mass of you, nothing else, the amount of water and fluid, and there's a million factors that go into it. And to me, the scale can't measure how much effort you've put in. It just can't. It can't measure your body's composition. It only measures just weight, just mass completely. It doesn't know the difference between me at 217 pounds and, you know, Roger who comes in who also weighs 217 pounds, but he looks like a bag of shit. You know, it says, oh, we both weigh the same and we're both the same height. So we must, we must be the same. Clearly we're not. We don't look the same, move the same or feel the same. So for me, I wouldn't use the scale as a metric of success or failure. Kind of like I wouldn't look at somebody who says so-and-so's net worth is, you know, $5 million and so-and-so's net worth is a million dollars. I don't necessarily think the person's net worth who is $5 million is way more successful than the person who measures a million dollars. Now, financially, they're in a better place. But I don't necessarily think they're more successful because I measure success on a, a, a magnitude of things. Just like I measure progress in terms of transformation in many more things than just what the scale shows. If you guys are out there and you're, you're doing the right things and the scale isn't moving, you know, you can look at your macros and be diligent about it. Look how you're sleeping. Look how your hormones are doing. Look how you're training. Look if there isn't, you know, if you can increase activity by a handful of minutes or if you can make one or two better food choices or if you can just give it time and understand that, you know, fat loss and weight loss is not linear. So meaning if you're to lose a pound one week and zero pounds the next week, it doesn't mean you're not going to lose three pounds the following week. Sometimes it goes in ebbs and flows and it's peaks and valleys. And just know like when you guys are in a valley, the peaks are right around the corner. But again, the scale is just, it's a one trick pony. And I've said before, it's like a shitty one trick pony at that. So hopefully that answered all the questions that you guys um, have asked for me. Uh, I just want to touch on those and share those. I know it's they're kind of random off topic and some of you guys are like, ah, I really didn't care about that. And some of you guys truly did. But if there's more things you want to know like that and I can you know squeeze them into you know one kind of all-encompassing podcast, I most definitely will. And uh, I want to leave you guys with something here that um, I talked about with, with people in our 47-day transformation in terms of them transforming and changing and, and living their life and, uh, and living their life forwards or living their life backwards. And I'm going to share a quote here too. Um, from Margaret Young, but let me spit it like this. And it goes like this. And I quote, the purpose of life cannot possibly be chronic busyness, obsessive money-making or status chasing. True. Many people initially go to work to make money or to make a name, but they always discover in the end that this didn't really make them happy. Turn it around. Try being and doing whatever makes you really happy and fulfilled. Pursue your purpose and you'll inevitably find that money and success will follow. Author Margaret Young put it this way, and I quote, 
Often people attempt to live their lives backwards. They try to have more things or more money in order to do more of what they want so they'll be happier. The way it actually works is the reverse. You must first be who you really are, then do what you need to do in order to have what you want. End quote. So I guess I'd ask you guys, you know, are you living your life by have do be or be do have? I know that kind of sounds backwards, but think about it for a second. If people are attempting to live their lives, you know, to make more money, to do more of what they want to do, when if they really did the reverse and just understood who the fuck they really were and did what they needed to do in order to have what they truly wanted, I think they'd be happier overall. So again, you guys, you know me, I'm always going to leave you with something to think about as you go. But again, if you're out there grinding, hustling, whether it's chasing fitness goals, financial goals, school goals, relationship goals, the purpose of your life cannot possibly be the constant chronic busyness obsessing about money making or status chasing or just a number on the scale or just where you rank between x y and z the real game you guys is doing the shit that really makes you happy and fulfilled having real purpose understanding your calling and really just enjoying the fuck out of every single day so take that for what it's worth if you guys are on itunes right now stop don't be a lazy ass. Please drop me a five-star and leave a comment. I love seeing the comments. We love the five-stars. Selfishly, it helps our podcast go. If you know someone who would want to listen to this, hear me just ramble on about random Q&A, please share it with them. And if there's anything else you guys want to hear specifically, please just ask. I'm happy to record it because you know this podcast exists for you guys. It is not for me to hear myself speak. So I am going to be back on the podcast tomorrow morning. I believe with Alexia Clark, the queen of workouts. So if you guys are listening to this tonight or tomorrow early and you have a question for Alexia, please shoot it to me, hit me up, let me know. We'll see if we can't take her through a little 21 question series and get some of her answers for you guys in terms of how she trains and and what she has going on in the world. If you guys don't follow her, um, she is a freak show for sure. And it's uh, definitely worth the follow on Instagram and Facebook and and everywhere else she's she's rolling. So that'll be tomorrow morning. Uh, But until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, Just keep doing shit you love and people enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.